0: Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, Samson Folk, and I'll be detailing for you the Raptors' latest loss. And yes, that's the first time I've been able to say those words. Not happy to do it, but their loss at the hands of the Philadelphia 76ers, 94-89. to Series is now tied 1-1, and they'll be heading to Philly for a game on Thursday. First, um, the sponsor... Ryan Goldfinger of Goldfinger's Personal Injury Lawyers sponsors this podcast. Thank you for that. Uh, Let's get into the game. So from the outset, it was pretty clear that there was a lot of changes for Philadelphia being made, even though in the media, Philadelphia said that they were going to maintain the status quo. I don't know if that was a bit of gamesmanship or there was a come to Jesus moment for Brett Brown before the game. And... Not to toot my own horn, but I detailed this in the Raptors Weekly podcast I did with Adam McQueen. I said that the way forward is definitely you put Simmons on Leonard because Simmons is a very, very good defender. And he did an awesome job on Leonard, even though Leonard was like a supernova that can't be stopped. And you try and force Gasol and Lowry and Siakam to all create against a set 76ers defense. You just stick Simmons on leonard and you just try and maintain with the rest of the offense does it did it hurt a lot that you know there was very poor shooting at the start of the game of course has it been also a little bit of a stressor for the raptors that danny green hasn't been shooting particularly good in the playoffs yes that is also a worry i think he's below 33 percent right now in this game particularly and i guess skip to the end of the game just to talk about this but he missed quite a few open threes. Three wide open threes that could have changed the game and especially really late missed a wide open three. And one for six is a tough pill to swallow from Danny Green. I mean, the guy was a top three three-point shooter in the whole league during the the regular season and, you know, he's a, a proven playoff performer. So I don't want to get too mad at him. I'm happy he took those shots, honestly. It's just he didn't make them. It's I'm not mad at Danny about it. It's just that's... I'm glad he took those shots. You're supposed to take those shots. For some reason, they just haven't been dropping at the same rate as we're used to. But Danny keeps putting them up. Keep doing your thing. The real problem for the Raptors offensively, and outside of the obvious, mind-numbing lack of production coming from any of Fred VanVleet's minutes, any of the bench's minutes, which has been really frustrating, really appalling that they haven't been able to do any type of creation. They they brought almost nothing to the table in this one. I mean, I think they scored 5 bench points the whole game. They got crushed by the Philly bench. Having James Ennis come and run rough shot over you just that can't run. That 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 can't work. And I guess the other part of that and it's unfortunate because I've talked ad nauseum, at length, man, about how important Gasol is to the Raptors and how he moves their ceiling up. And he does. He really does. But in this game, after the 76ers made their adjustment to put Simmons on Kawhi and to just incentivize those shots, Gasol passed out of a lot of open shots, ones that the 76ers' defense was incentivizing. When he passes out of those, He turned 4-on-3 opportunities into 3-on-3 opportunities routinely. He hamstrung the Raptors offense on quite a few possessions. And what that ended up being was it just sometimes it looked like Kyle Lowry just had to ISO Tobias Harris, which on its own is not a bad play to go to every once in a while. Kyle Lowry can do that. But you can't... At this point in Kyle Lowry's career, I know he had a 20-piece in this game, which... Great job. Very happy with Kyle. But you can't just ask him to go get you buckets repeatedly and say, like, that's how we're going to beat the 76ers. Kyle Lowry, we're going to get him the mismatch, and he's going to go to the rim all day. He's going to leave Tobias Harris in the dust. He's going to get to the rim. It just doesn't work that way because, as it was constructed, Embiid was hanging back at the rim. When Lowry was getting there, It's he had to pass out. But that, that was just... Yeah, credit Brett Brown. The type of defense that they switched to, their scheme was, wasn't was particularly clever. It was, you know, if, if I was the one who suggested it, there's a million and a half other people who have suggested it, and it was probably running through Brett Brown's head immediately as soon as he saw what happened in game one. So, of course, um, I'm not special for thinking of it. I'm sure most of the listeners, you guys as well, thought, well, stick Simmons on Leonard. See how the rest of it goes. And Gasol's passivity that played right into how the 76ers wanted to play. And the fact that Siakam didn't shoot it well, Kyle Lowry in the first half really did not shoot it well, Danny Green didn't shoot it well. That was that was backbreaking. It completely took apart the Raptors' defense. It put Kawhi in a position where Kawhi just had to probe and grind and the the normal just straightforward approach he takes Attacking downhill or putting up a jumper. He wasn't able to do today. He had to take on a much larger load uh, uh, in creation and And he did awesome, but it wasn't sustainable and there's a reason that the Raptors I know they scored I think it was 26 in the fourth quarter. It was one of two quarters. They won in this game but in the first half they scored 21 and 17 in the second quarter and the first quarter respectively and that was that was definitely the repercussion of the the scheme change that the 76ers made. Really disappointing. And the crazy thing about all that is this is my next big gripe. I just finished talking about how if it occurred to me, obviously it occurred to Brett Brown. He is a much better basketball mind than me. That also goes for Nick Nurse. Nick Nurse coaches an NBA team. There is so many people who know way more about basketball than me. Nick Nurse is one of them. If... And this seems to be, you know, the collective wisdom on the, I guess, the TL, in the ether, in anywhere you go to talk basketball. It would seem to make sense to stagger, change, adjust, do whatever with Gasol's minutes so that he's matched up with Embiid. Ibaka is just dying in that matchup. You have you have to go Gasol versus Embiid. It just... It can't work. That is the matchup you need to go to. It doesn't matter if you want to play the game of we're not adjusting. Like, they'll adjust to us. No, because I understand why that's tempting. I totally get it. But also, Serge Ibaka can do to Greg Monroe what he can do to Joel Embiid. But Joel Embiid cannot do to Marc Gasol what he can do to Serge Ibaka. You're just... (sighs) Nurse is just giving up. An advantage. For what reason? I'm not really sure. But he's absolutely giving up an inherent advantage. And another thing, like Jody Meeks playing. No. You just, in a game like this, you have to play your guys. You play them, you play them, you play them, you play them. That's how it has to be. That's what it has to be. Playing Jody Meeks and having Jody Meeks miss a three, turn the ball over, and miss a layup. Just... All in one minute, that led to a three on the other end is is not acceptable, really. And having Jody Meeks in the game for one minute, it doesn't make sense. And this, something I wrote about in the quick reaction, it doesn't make sense what Nurse did. Like, the fourth quarter, when the timeout was called after Serge Ibaka hit that pick-and-pop jumper, Brett Brown calls a timeout. It's pretty clear that the Raptors need a change of lineup. They need Gasol and Leonard in the game for the stretch run if they want to win. He's like the status quo was what came out of the timeout. The Raptors stayed the same. And then the Phil- Philadelphia went on a mini run in the 35 seconds that came after, and immediately Leonard stood up. Those 35 seconds actually aren't making the difference for Kawhi Leonard's body. And I mean this, I mean this very seriously. To Kawhi Leonard, there is no difference between 43 minutes and 40 minutes. Honestly, that's that's just the case. It depends when you rest them, but if you rest them properly, there is zero difference between forty and forty three minutes. They're just not gonna feel it, not in that game. You have and nurse, yeah. He he did a very poor job of managing the minutes in this game. It was it was abhorrent. And he's just handing over four to five minutes a game. And he did this in game one as well. The Raptors were just so good. And that's a credit to Kawhi and Pascal. The Raptors were so good that it didn't matter. But Nurse is handing over chunks of the game to the 76ers for seemingly no reason. He's giving up advantages for seemingly no reason. It's disappointing. Highlights. Kawhi Leonard's play was absolutely awesome. He he was so he was so relentless in looking for his own offense and maintained his efficiency his sense of scale in this game his knowing of when to score when to take the ball in when to when to step back and and you know rest a bit when to survey the floor was it was so impressive he was fantastic it it reminds you of what Kyle Lowry is very good at doing you know having your finger on the pulse of the game except he's not Kyle Lowry he had those Kyle Lowry type You know attributes to his game, but he also puts up what was it like thirty five? He put up thirty five, seven and six. the The burden of creation on him in this game was unbelievable, man. And Kyle Lowry, just I want a quick shout out to Kyle Lowry's defense that whole game. My God, Kyle Lowry's defense, his team defense was unbelievable. The Raptors forced turnovers in this one; they really did, and that. Once again is a credit to Kyle Lowry. His rampant, rapid, chaotic rotations and like his high IQ closeouts, his fast hands, his knowledge about where his teammates are working in the space on defense. Jeez, he looks he just looks so special defensively out there. Even in the face of his limitations. Really great defensive performance and, and he deserves he deserves that. The I guess the villain it, there's it's between like James Ennis the third, Greg Monroe, and Jimmy Butler, and Jimmy Butler. I guess it's a bit villainous that he knows that the landing space topic is a very hot topic in the league, and that he obviously knew the Rockets had had gripes, and he knew that they were well founded, and he pushed the envelope. He was he was throwing his legs out a little bit. He was doing that kind of stuff, and actually, I feel bad for bringing that up. Honestly, the refs didn't matter in this game. I'm being way too self-indulgent with this. Uh, Excuse. Honestly, excuse that. Uh, The refs didn't matter. The Raptors lost this game, and Nick Nurse lost this game, and the Raptors, even though they played terribly, got massacred on the backboards. They still had a chance to win. The numerous wide open threes fell into the hands of one of the best three-point shooters in the whole league and none of them dropped for the Raptors. The Raptors had a chance to win and the Raptors honestly had a better whistle than the 76ers did. So I don't even know why, I'm, why I would say that. So yeah, disregard that. Jimmy Butler's a vi- like the villain because he was awesome on offense. His shot making was really high de- a really high degree really high level and he he matched almost matched um Kawhi Leonard scoring outburst. And yeah. So Jimmy Butler's definitely the villain. He he put that dagger, that triple, in the Raptors at the end. And then the Raptors had that muck up and then the ball went to Danny Green for a three and just things broke down from there. Tough game. And Kyle Lowry, man. Shout out to Kyle Lowry for making those threes at the end of the game. I didn't think they'd go in. I honestly I thought that the Raptors were that was it. It was it was gonna be done. He hit those two big triples. They kept pushing. Kawhi hit those two and ones. It was it was like it was very impressive, and I assumed Kawhi would do that, but I was not expecting Kyle to come through in that way with his shot. Anyway, I mean the hustle's always there. It's 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 always been there. Um, the Reggie Evans Award. I it's really tough to choose between like Kawhi and Kyle for this one because Kawhi it's more you know the probing the patience the just willingness to attack throughout the whole duration of the game was really something to watch but also there's something about Kyle's visceral dive on the floor like running out on every closeout like forcing guys into the mid range then clamping them down making them pick up the ball there's there's just something about how he plays that is just it, it embodies the... It evokes Reggie Evans more than Kawhi Leonard's, you know, relentless offensive performance. And I guess, I, let's say that the outcome of what everything I just said is, I'll go with, that they can... They both win. Let's do that. They both win the Reggie Evans Award. Man, I'm disappointed with this loss because it, it was absolutely there for the taking. They're... The, yeah. I guess the quick reaction comment that I'll respond to... From just saying, Kyle seriously tries to go between the guy's legs down three with 25 seconds left. Haha, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> and then Green got haunted by the ghost of Pat Patterson. First of all, uh, Kyle, is he didn't mean to do that. <laughs> he just fell over and there's something about, I mean, Kawhi dribbled the ball off his foot at the end of game in the regular season. We all remember DeMar doing that. Kyle has also done it. There's just these things, there's this symmetry about playing for the Toronto Raptors, and maybe we only notice it because we pay so much attention to the Raptors, but there's just something about playing for the Raptors and having some, some muck-ups at the end of the game, especially bouncing off your foot. But he recovered the ball, and then Kawhi recovered the ball, and then it went to Danny Green, who, Pat, yeah, Pat Patterson, the most notorious, I'm a good shooter, and then I, am, I will never shoot the ball ever. I'm still haunted. You say Danny Green is haunted by Pat Patterson, but I am absolutely shell shocked. Still, I have PTSD. Let's say from
1: Pat Patterson
0: getting the ball wide open above the break. There isn't a defender within like 15 feet of him, and he <laughs> he was so wide open, and he shot the ball so bad prior to that that he he didn't know what to do with himself, and he he was like, okay, do I put the ball down? And then he was like, okay, I'm going to put the ball down. Took that one dribble where guys go to get, like, comfortable. Then he just, like, shuffled his feet six times and just traveled. And, oh, my God. I That was, like, one of the most backbreaking things I've ever witnessed as a Raptors fan. It was just, you're just sitting there like, my God, man, just shoot the ball. And, you know, credit to Danny. He did shoot it. It just didn't drop in. Regression is a real thing, and I think that, Danny, it's going to come around. I feel like that's as good a recap as any, and uh, if you are listening to this, which of course you are, you hear me right now, thank you for listening to this. I've very much enjoyed, the, I guess, the job as host of this podcast, and I very much enjoyed the response I've gotten from listeners. It's been awesome, and... You, listener, I hope you have a great day if you're listening to this during the day or at night, not sure when. Regardless, I hope you stay blessed, hope you have a fantastic day, and I hope everything goes the inverse of how Danny Green's shot went at the end of the game. And that means that I hope you succeed at whatever you do. Have a great day, and bye.